What up, what up, what up? Welcome to Dear Doris, episode two. We're joined again by the one and only Pescado Frito. In today's episode, we're going to have a conversation about sound healing. And in this context, we're referring to gong baths, singing bowls, other intentional instruments used by sound healers. Uh, before we dive into that, we would like to take an opportunity to just have a little casual catch up and allow ourselves and you, the audience, to just sink into this virtual space with us and hang out for the next hour or so. So Fish, how you doing, brother? What's up, brother? I'm doing good. Uh, very busy right now. There's a lot happening in Miami. Um, working on a lot of stuff in, in, in that realm. Um, you know, you and I haven't even really caught up, uh, since before love burn, uh, which was a couple of weeks ago here, you know, the regional burning man event, um, which was incredible. Um, you know, that could be a whole podcast talking about that for sure. But, um, the basics of it, I, I was with this camp Mickey beach, which is a New York and Miami based camp. And it's a lot of homies and it felt very at home for me. Uh, which was a new experience compared to the last time I went to Love Burn. And uh, it was great. And then had my birthday uh, the following weekend. So I was kind of in this week and a half long vortex, we'll call it. Um, and kind of just came out of that this week and uh, just getting back on track. But excited to have another one of these conversations and um, you know talk about something that's really exciting for both of us. Absolutely. I have a question for you. At which point in the Love Burn birthday festivities did you regain control over your Instagram account? Yeah, uh, that was a whole thing too. Uh, for some people listening, they might be aware I was hacked on Instagram uh, two weeks ago, approximately two and a half weeks, uh, Monday before Love Burn. And Basically, this guy messaged me on Instagram. I had just gotten home from being out. I wasn't like thinking super sharply. And I, it was a guy that I kind of know. And he said, hey, could you help me out? I need uh, to send a, um, a password reset link to somebody's phone and then have them send me that link. And here I was thinking like, oh, I know how to avoid hackers. You just don't click on anything and you're good. And uh, I was wrong uh, because as soon as I sent him that link, uh, which... You know, now thinking about it later, I, I should have absolutely verified that this person was the person they said they were. I would advise anyone who gets a weird message on Instagram to do that. Um, but anyway, I was not thinking about it and I sent him this link. He clicked it. He immediately was able to reset my password and um, change the email, the phone number and set two-factor authentication to be on. So from there, I had no access to my account and no way to change the password and I immediately jumped on it in multiple ways and tried to contact people at Instagram, have a friend of a friend who who kind of got something going with it, but it took like a week and a half to actually get it back, even with people being on top of it. So that was really crazy because every day, like tons of people were messaging me uh, saying, hey, do you know you're hacked? Hey, you might be hacked. And of course, all the while, I know I am. And it's just I have to quickly respond to these people because I don't want them to get scammed by this fucking person. So I felt all this stress to respond very quickly to people. So I was on high alert like all the time. And there was really nothing much I could do about it. But finally, somebody who works at Instagram got it back under my control. 
So that's kind of cool. I wasn't able to post any cool love burn videos. Uh, had to be more in the moment, unfortunately. But uh, <laughs> uh, overall, yeah, that was a, a hell of a little stress to go through. Uh, don't let your Instagram get hacked. <laughs> Word of the wise. Yeah, I was receiving messages all over the place from people. And it is what it is. For some reason, it sort of reminded me of bed bugs. Just like it's stuck with you and you basically have to burn it down if you don't want to affect your friends and everyone else. But we're happy to have you back. Um, on my end, and to, to share with the audience, Fish and I are like soul brothers. And we have a type of friendship that I prefer, which is very with the flow. If anything important in our lives ever came up, we would drop everything and show up for each other. But we basically chat once a month. And at the course, at the pace that our lives are moving, sometimes I feel like I'm an entirely new person from last time <laughs> we chatted. And not to get too deep into it now, but just to sprinkle what I've been going through. Uh, right before Christmas, I found out my father needed a heart surgery. So I went home to New Jersey. He's doing incredibly well. So thank you, everyone, who's been checking in and sending love. I appreciate it. He appreciates it. My family appreciates it. So we really do feel it, and I want to thank you for that. In that time at home, I sort of went deeper into the dark habits, as I call them. More smoking, binge eating, went deep into porn. And in that, I had some deeper clarity on my addictions, if you want to call them that, in a good way. It's given me a, a path to move forward and work with this stuff. And more recently, I've, wow, not going to go too deep into this because I don't know how to articulate well, but I've been getting pretty, pretty deep into non-dualism and connecting with the oneness and essentially that we are awareness. And I want to give a quick shout out to Brian Zimberg. I took his Access Points course last year. It's an eight-week program that gives you different tools to access this realization of your true self. And since then, it's slowly been deepening. And then I did a three-day online retreat with Rupert Spira. I prefer to call him Rupert Spira. But uh, this guy is a fucking genius planting seeds for everyone out there. And uh, yeah, this is stuff that Army of Love will be talking about more and more. But today's conversation is dedicated to sound healing. This is a practice that's benefited my life in multiple ways. We will talk about that. We will start with how we were introduced to sound healing, and then we will naturally, authentically highlight a homie, our dear sister, Ashley Shelton, who's releasing a book soon. It's called Ketamine Dreams. Is that correct? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it's already, it's already published. Yeah. Okay, so that's out. We'll leave links to that in the description here, uh, and we'll get to Ashley in due time. But to start this off, why don't you tell us a little bit about how sound healing first entered your life? Cool, yeah. Um, so I had heard of sound healing, you know, years ago when I like first started hearing about mushrooms and, and acid and all these things <laughs> more and kind of like peeking into the realm of spirituality and consciousness from afar um, and, and gongs, all that stuff was kind of intriguing, but 
also kind of intimidating and felt like too spiritual in a way for me at the time at least and uh can we can we talk about that real quick what sure yeah when you say too intimidating because i got to imagine there's someone out there who's listening who's in that space that former fish was in why do you think you felt that way um, well, it, I would draw an analogy to the same way I feel about, uh, Kundalini yoga classes that, uh, go on at like four thirty in the morning where everybody wears white and, and don't get me wrong. Like they're, they may very well be having super deep experiences with that. I don't want to like cast any judgment on what they're experiencing, but in terms of bringing anyone new into it, um, for me, it has a little bit of like unfamiliarity or uh, I just don't feel comfortable or familiar with that space. So if I stumble upon some sort of gong or sound healing center and, you know, I'm just kind of starting to learn about meditation or whatever. And I look in and like, looks like a bunch of like super gurus with beards and whatever. And it's like really intense. I might not feel good. Like I'm not good enough to go in there type thing or whatever, Mm -hmm. you know, like um, just some feeling of, of being different from what that thing is. Um, and just not feeling like it's really accessible for where I was at, at the time. Um, you know, if there had been someone like you on the corner down the street playing a gong with a fucking space hat on, I would have been more inclined to say, yo, what's up, dude, what are you doing here? Interesting. But it was, those weren't the, uh, environments I was exposed to. Like the, the, the few things I had seen were, we're kind of like more advanced feeling. And so anyway, um, I had started to go to a festival called Lightning in a Bottle in uh, California. And uh, this was my second year there. And um, again, I had started to explore with psychedelics and thinking about things a little more outside of the box. And the this type of thing became more uh, appealing to me. Um, but I still had yet to have an experience at this time. And so I'm at the festival walking around with my homies, you know, we ate some mushrooms, just exploring, seeing what kind of crazy shit we can get up to. And we look over and we see this dome structure, kind of like, a like a, the geodesic domes, like Incendia or one of these big things, but a, a bit smaller, um, probably about the size that you could fit 20 or 30 people in. And it was lined with gongs, like all around it, um, which immediately triggered some curiosity. Um, and it looked like they were doing some sort of sound healing, sound bath thing in there. And, um, you know, my friends and I were willing to try whatever. And we were just like, this looks too cool. We have to see what's going on. So we went over there and we had to wait a minute to get in because uh, they were doing cycles of, I think it was 30 minutes. Um, and then, you know, cycling in a new group. And so we waited a few minutes, got in there. As soon as we sat down inside, we were like, okay, this seems like it's a thing for sure. And uh, we lay down, we get comfortable, close our eyes, and they take us into this fucking stew of crazy gong vibrations that like there's several people hitting the gongs from different angles. And and we're in there like we're not like super tripping on mushrooms, but we're we're having an experience. You're not not tripping. Not not tripping for sure. I mean, there were some some strong open or uh, sorry, closed eye visual, you know, moments for sure. And the whole thing just felt so surreal. Like there was the space was so contained by these vibrations and like the structure we were in that it was hitting us from all angles. And it was just such a like big bang uh, type of mm-hmm. experience, uh, <laughs> which we'll talk more about. And it really 
gave me this moment of like, holy shit, I need to know more about this. I want to know like everything I can learn about this, this whole thing. And my friends and I all looked at each other with this fuck yeah face, you know, right after we came out of there and we didn't really know what had just happened, but we knew that we wanted more of it. Lovely. It's interesting. I have a similar experience in that I was more or less thrown into my first sound bath and my story my first sound bath took place at the most transformational event of my entire human experience. This was in San Francisco, December 2016. To any of the lovely souls that were in attendance that evening, I want to express my deepest gratitude for your existence. Um, that's a story that I've been overthinking how I'm going to present it for the last three years. So we're not going to tell the full waking up in San Francisco story today. And the whole transformation actually was, was taking place before the sound healing, but the sound healing very much deepened it. And uh, one day, one of these days, I promise I'll share that story. Um, but for now, basically what I want to say is that I had a interest in meditation at the time but not a steady practice and I was sort of invited to a private party where they hired a very high level practitioner for sound uh, funny little side note last week I was watching a documentary on Gaia with a friend this motherfucker's on the documentary I'm like Wow. Having back flashes to when I first saw a human being having a full body orgasm from sound. Yes, that's what we're uh -huh. talking about here. Um, but rather than dwelling on the details of that magical experience, I just want to say that it was a big bang for me as well. I didn't really know what to expect. Um, an important concept that we're seeing, I'm seeing a pattern here, is that it was a really safe and welcoming space for me. Um, this was a very intentional event that I went to, and there was a lot of conversations between the attendees and hugs and getting to know each other before we really went into the space and it was all done with a lot of intention so my first sound healing was like whoa, like way up here um yeah it just set the bar real high and i'm grateful for that but once you drink really 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 good wine you can't really be fulfilled from shitty wine, per se, and we're going to get into that in this conversation. For now, I want to say that San Francisco poof, opened me up very deeply, and then it left that lingering curiosity for more around these sound healing experiences. So before we go into our lives after the Big Bang, uh, I just want to bring up this concept of bridges that I talk with my friends about all the time. In short, it's similar to like Ram Dass, we're all walking each other home. Uh, in a lot of ways, we're providing bridges for one another. 
So in this context, let's say that I'm a sound healer and I want to attract humans who are looking to dive deeper and connect with themselves. The way I offer my sessions is my bridge. And to your point, if I'm out there with a space hat, with the fucking drum, with good vibes, and I'm not looking so spiritual per se, uh, maybe people will be more likely to cross that bridge to the sound healing experience. Whereas if you're someone who's new to this and you have a little bit of an interest, but you look in and everybody looks super serious, which they absolutely have the right to do, um, it's, it may intimidate some people. That's a bit of a scary bridge. So I just bring this up to make people a little bit aware about how you're presenting whatever it is that you're offering. And for me, what I notice mostly um, in this bridge concept, it's, it's about the energetic charge and how you present it. So we talk about Jai Dev at Envision Festival all the time. We were at Envision Festival. There's a lot of different workshops. One workshop, the lady was like, this is the way to do it. And this is how you're going to do it. And I was just like, oh, oh, God, get me off this bridge. Uh, and then Jai Dev was like, hey, guys, like, I found this to be cool if you want it. It's like, <laughs> oh, my God, can I live on this bridge? You know, and, and sure enough, we're, we're really drawn to that. So I do think that oftentimes, I mean, maybe not, maybe there's not one bridge that works for everyone. But I do think that if you're truly in touch with yourself and your intentions are to share, I think that's the most friendly bridge. Whereas in other cases, I want to be careful about how I say this, but I also want to be loose in our conversation. Um, sometimes, not everyone, all right? If you get triggered, pay attention because it's teaching you something. But sometimes the ones that are really trying to convince themselves of their spiritual prowess are the ones that dress up so much and go super serious and don't crack a smile. I mean, I see that and I feel like you're missing the whole fucking point here. Um, so we'll get to that. But uh, after the big... Oh, go ahead. You got something? Yeah, yeah, yeah. A couple of things quickly. Um, for one, I think you made a really important point there at the end that, you know, this what you're saying really applies in the case that someone is intending to share these practices or intending to get no new people into these things. Because if your intention is to create a space with your fellow practitioners and have a blast, like diving into the depths of any of these things, like by all means, you know, but just in terms of if our intention is to share these things with people who aren't there yet, then I think the bridge access becomes very important. And to your point, lightning in a bottle and the festival environment, which I didn't go there to do spiritual practice by any means, like <laughs> if anything, <laughs> the opposite in a lot of ways. But I found a spiritual practice that then became a deep part of my life because there was a bridge right in front of me and I didn't have to go far to cross it and it was comfortable. So, so yeah, I just wanted to add to what you were just saying about mm. all that because it's really important stuff. Yeah, and I, I think this relates to what you're saying. I bumped into a friend here in Mexico yesterday. Uh, he was telling me about an ayahuasca ceremony that he attended recently and how the the leader, he wouldn't he couldn't call him a shaman, the leader was, uh, yeah, the vibe wasn't right. And my friend, who's very experienced, 
was still able to receive all the benefits of the ayahuasca, but he brought someone who it was their first time and they weren't able to surrender and let go. So it's sort of like for these newer people, um, which I'm, man, I, I'm really passionate about the new people because I was a new person and I don't become who I am now without somebody really like showing me the way. Um, so mm -hmm. on that note, let's, let's just talk a little bit about the benefits that we felt from sound healing. I'll start in that uh, I used to live in Austin, Texas. Uh, this was in my pre-techno life when I had shorter hair and like a wristwatch. <laughs> yeah, we'll, I'll post a picture here of that. And um, so then I left, I quit my job. I had this whole years of traveling and I had the San Francisco sound healing and maybe a year and a half later, I actually ended up living in Austin again for about six months. So now I'm returning to Austin, but as a very different person than I was before. I was really viewing the city in a new light. Let me, let me see this from my new perspective. So I was immediately, actually I was running a program called the Mindful Escape. And the idea of the Mindful Escape was to highlight all of the mindful healing activities that were going on throughout the week. And the purpose of that was to let people know where they can tune in, to highlight the healers, and then ultimately to gather community because you can find people in a similar frequency at these events. So in that process, I stumbled upon a beautiful woman named Ashley Shelton. And Ashley Shelton was running a weekly sound healing session. I believe it was on Thursdays. I, I guarantee you it was. And yeah, I went. And my first time, what really stood out for me was her energy. She was extremely authentic. Uh, to be completely honest, she was like a little sleepy that night. But she owned it, you know, and that that was it. Uh, it's like, man, I've been fucking sleepy a lot. I totally get it. And she owned it and just accepted it. And there wasn't this forced fluffiness that I have an allergic reaction to. So right off the bat, I was like, yo, I'm feeling I'm feeling this teacher's energy. This this is the right space to be. So I ended up going to Ashley's class every week. And I started to notice that it was extremely, extremely relaxing for me. So in an ideal situation, I would go to the sound bath, I would lay down, and I would surrender completely to the vibrations and the sound and just, just kind of disappear for a while. Mm -hmm. And that happens sometimes. But if I'm being honest, it didn't happen all the time for me. Oftentimes, my mind would show up. Um, oftentimes, surrendering to the sound was so intense that I would find my mind like thinking of tasks that I have to do next week to escape the presence of 
uh, all of that energy coming into you. So starting with that, I want to like just quickly say some of the benefits that, that I receive and then I'll pass it to you and hear what you have to say about this. So on the worst case, on the worst case, I show up and lay down for an hour and a half and relax to sound. And even that was incredible. Honestly, even that is incredible. Now, on those moments where I wasn't able to surrender, but I could feel that edge, basically, I, I could, I could be wrong, but I feel like that was extremely beneficial for me in learning about the art of surrendering, which is ultimately my whole life practice at this point. So to be there and to accept my resistance was something that didn't happen the first time. But, you know, like I, I start thinking and then I get mad at myself for not being the ultimate senior surrenderer. <laughs> and it's like, well, I'm going to surrender to that surrender, if you know what I'm saying. I'm like, just to fuck, except where I'm at. But I was able to to experience this on Thursdays and then go back next week and dive back in and see what was there. So no matter what, it was a good use of my time. And then a huge benefit to this was my social life because the people that were showing up to these events were beautiful, open-hearted people that were coming for similar reasons. And that was for deeper connection with themselves, a healthy way to reduce stress in their lives. And I became very close with these people. Actually, one of the women I met at the sound healing is coming to visit me in Mexico in a few weeks. Oh, no way. Yeah, I talked to her last night and I told her, I said, shit, we're going to do a podcast about sound healing and <laughs> Ashley Shelton tomorrow. It's a look, look at how all this is coming together. So before I pass it to you, and I want to save this part for later because we can really get a little deeper into it. But guys techno music lovers out there this shit has completely shifted the way that i receive sound and guess what music is made out of do you know what it's made out of uh peanut butter and jelly peanut butter jelly time so what blew my mind is that i got all high on this sound healing shit and I went to Europe the next year for like two or three months. And I went to a bunch of different parties. And I, I met a couple DJs and producers. I must have asked 70 people who, I didn't just ask strangers. These were people that we had at least a little bit of a similar frequency going on. I asked 70 people if they had been to a sound healing experience. And I, I shit you not, I think like four or five had. Like seriously. Seriously. Oh, no. And the, the majority didn't even really know. What is that? Like, like what, what is it? You know, they didn't know. And mm-hmm. I saw that as an opportunity. At that time, I was thinking, next year, we're bringing Ashley out here. And we're going to mm-hmm. do the Summer of Sound. And we're going to get a fucking van with the no money that I have. And we're going <laughs> to drive to Berlin and then to Amsterdam and then to Vienna, blah, blah, blah. And we're going to introduce people to sound healing and talk about the ultimate bridge, right? Like, I didn't even know what a bridge was back then, but we were still doing it. 
yeah. so that's that's ultimately why I felt inspired to have this conversation today because guys, this is right. Guys and girls, everyone, whatever you are, this is right in our zone. And not only is it going to heal you in some ways, it's going to deepen your experience with music. And if you love music, man, I, I you have to get in there. At least it's, try it's it. Like, it's like being a marathon runner and not running in your free time, like not practicing running. Like they just... It's, it's not so clear to see it that way as like a sound healing being like going to the gym for your music experiences. Uh, but it's very much that. And, you know, um, I, obviously like all the things you said, you know, I, I would have to agree with and have experienced those benefits too. And, you know, there's, there's so much talk about the different benefits of it. And just like you said, the simple fact of going and like being in Shavasana for an hour once a week or whatever is in its own thing. Like, very powerful for our lifestyles these days. And, and, and me personally, I've never had a consistent sound healing experience or practice in my life. Uh, I just haven't either been in the right place for it, or my life has been too busy otherwise, um, or I haven't prioritized it properly. Um, but you know, I've had pretty frequent intermittent experiences with a lot of different practitioners and, um, and, and, and the biggest benefit for me is easily that last thing about how it, deepens our, our connection with the music and our ability to tune into these different layers of frequency in the, the music we're listening to, which for me, this electronic techno music, we'll call it that I, you know, we're into is very much its own form of spiritual experience for me. So if, if going to sound healing tunes me into a deeper level of my personal favorite, like church, <laughs> spiritual, sacred space, which is the dance floor, then that alone is worth the price of admission. You know, like that's huge. That's having such a big impact on my life experience overall. Then let's add to that the, the, all the other things that like relaxation of your body, the, the deepening into awareness of the different sensations in your body and the resistance to those sensations. And then thus the, the acceptance of that resistance and realizing that we're going to feel resistance to different things in life, but we, we just have to accept that and not let it, not let it dwell. And we can't just sit with that lack of acceptance of the, because you know what I'm saying? We'll just sit in this anxious state forever um, and never achieve the relaxation that we're going for. So it, it really has so many benefits and, and mostly, you know, sound healing as, as medicine, let's say has been an esoteric, sort of fringe science for most of its existence. Um, it's not like monks who are in the lab studying frequencies and how they affect our bio biology and chemistry. Um, but there are now people <clears throat> studying this stuff in a very scientific way. Um, I, I should have looked it up before the show, but I'll, I'll make sure it's in the show notes. There was a podcast I listened to, I think it was an Aubrey Marcus podcast with a woman who is scientifically studying sound healing and how frequencies affect us and our our state physically and emotionally. And it's just so insane how much there is in these experiences, especially when they're, you know, they're, they're held in the right space and they're done really intentionally. And no matter what, there's something to get out of it. But when you do it really proper, there's like an extra layer of sauce that comes with it. And you can really go into some trip type of experiences. Absolutely. And I want to add something that We've sort of been touching on, but I want to say it very directly. 
uh, as someone who has a bit of a scatter brain and we're living in a very distracted world, I believe meditation is likely more valuable than ever and also more difficult than ever. And I found sound healing as the purest pathway to the meditation practice that I have today, which is still a work in progress. But basically what I'm trying to say is having that sound to focus on instead of just do nothing, clear your mind, um, having the sound to focus on was hugely beneficial for my meditation practice. So I just wanted to make sure that we were very clear about that. And, you know, honestly, even checking out something on Spotify, you know, it might give you a taste, but let's be very clear that being there in person is a completely different experience and you literally feel the physical vibrations. And even if you don't feel it, they're, they're hitting you in a real way. They're hitting you. And if you're sensitive and somebody who likes to explore energy, I mean, look no further. This is where you need to go. So I just wanted to be clear that for for anyone that's interested in meditation and maybe hasn't found uh, consistency in their ability to Mm -hmm. tap in, I would recommend checking out sound healing. Yeah, that's that's a really important uh, thing to to know, because like to that point, I have a group of friends here who are very conscious people in general, but they don't sit and meditate really most of them. And uh, we have had a couple of private sound healings at my friend's house with him, his wife, my other friend, his wife. And these are people that like are interested in meditation, would probably like to do it more. But like there's some resistance to the whole sit down, do nothing thing, whatever but they're very much able to get a lot of the same benefits that they would out of sitting for an hour just by sitting and breathing with some nice sounds in the background. And it, it just is more accessible. It's a bridge for those people. So people who might be resistant to meditation who are listening to this, like don't necessarily categorize them as the same because it's like your own little concert in a way. (laughs) It's really like a pleasant experience. Yeah. And it, it, you can have, a wide range of experiences and in all of them I've left thinking that was a good use of my time. Mm -hmm. So the next part of this conversation, um, will be communicated from a place of love. And I want to preface with that because what we're about to talk about is the importance of the setting in which these experiences are being offered. So I can pass this to you. Do you want to open this one up? Um, Yeah, actually, especially because it just came to me that I have kind of a unique perspective um, between the two of us, at least because I've now produced an event with a sound healing at it. So I can empathize with you know, where you're going with this is, is how important or how, how, um, uh, you know, how much of a difference it makes, uh, how well the setting is contained, how quiet the container is outside of the sound tools being used. Um, all these little layers of subtle things that can take away from the maximization of the experience that one can have in this environment, which again, going back to a new user, uh, let's call them, if they come in and have this like perfectly held, super intentional, no distraction sounds, 
experience, they might leave their body literally, and they might have some crazy experience they've never had before. And if there's like the slightest noise midway through, they might be thrown off from that, that experience. And they might still be interested enough to come back, but like, that's how important these things can be. And all that to say, it's not easy to do it like to the perfect degree either. Um, but it's well, very, yeah. And I want to yeah, say, go ahead. Bef- and you may be saying this, so I apologize, but it's something that came up as we were writing the, the show notes was that I don't want to come off as someone who's saying you need to create a fucking box that has no interference for a perfect sound. That That's not life, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I've been to ayahuasca ceremonies where there was a guy in the distance listening to a soccer match. And the, <laughs> right. the, shaman, the shaman said, this is the greatest gift, you know, like surrender to that. And while that does hold true to this conversation, there is a level of the intention, which is really what I want to focus on here. So you, you can't, you, you don't get to decide if an asteroid lands and makes a big bang in the middle of your sound healing, but there's clearly things you can do and consider if your intention is to create a truly safe space for this experience, or is your intention to put some sexy spiritual shit on your flyer i'm not triggered um you go ahead (laughs) yeah yeah and uh to you know that's yes such a good point and basically yeah it's really hard to make it like the ultimate perfect model of what a sound healing container can be but there are some very easy ways and some not so easy but doable ways to to give someone, especially a paying customer often, uh, you know, an experience that is, is worth their time and money. And, you know, to your shaman's point, there's a very important lesson in the ability for us to accept our conditions of our experience around us and to really be able to just be at one with everything kind of going back to what you were saying before. And that's like the deeper lifelong practice, but that doesn't mean we should do ayahuasca on fifth street in New York because we should accept our surroundings and just let chaos ensue, you know? So what, when things do show up out of our control, yeah, we should, you know, do our best to be in a place of acceptance. But if, you know, we leave a door open and people are walking in the room halfway through a sound healing because we didn't lock the door, that's not acceptable to me. If I'm looking at it from a curator or facilitator perspective. And so I've now had a few dozen sound healing experiences, uh, I'd say somewhere in there. And there's pretty stark contrast between the ones that things are as held as, as they reasonably could have been, or like a rooftop sound healing at a resort in Tulum during a festival when there's a party downstairs with subwoofers taller than my house. And like, let's be real, nobody's really getting healed right here. We're just kind of like all participating in this thing that we think is like cool and it is like there's still something there you know that's that's a big takeaway from all this that like even in the like worst let's call them like or like shallowest thrown together version of like a gong thing there's still some value there that's how cool this stuff is um but it i you know i am of the mindset that if we want to curate mindful spaces and experiences and if we want to share things that do have deep healing within them, then we should aim to make the space and the experience as, as good as it can be. 
and 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 reach the optimal performance level that is there for us totally and to your point i mean you said you know you said there's the big subwoofers and and there's not any healing happening here we can never be sure of that right just a quick yeah side note. it's kind of a joke uh, yeah right i get that but we i want to we got an audience so <laughs> for sure make sure for that sure. we're clear because i know what you mean but uh we had a conversation jumping out of context a little bit this last sunday about what is healing and it was an interesting very interesting conversation and what the group left with in the end was just this analogy of like picking sticks out of a flowing river so anything that's kind of clearing up the fluidity of energy in you has healing components and even at a subwoofer induced uh gong bath maybe a couple sticks still get thrown out but i know for me uh, i'll tell a quick story okay i was in i want to be careful not to like reveal or talk poorly about anyone so i was in mexico it doesn't matter where it actually wasn't tulum and a friend had messaged me and said hey there's a really cool uh, event going on with the sound healing. It's on Friday. Here's the flyer, blah, blah, blah. So I go, and I thought it was donation-based, but it was pretty fucking expensive. So for starters, I was like, ah, kind of a little thrown off by that, but that's okay. That's okay. Uh, and then I get there, and the sound healing room is next to where the party is happening, and not only can you hear the bass, like you can hear the party. Like it's really immediately I felt like this isn't done right. And I don't think I should be here. But I stayed there. I said, let's just try to surrender to this and make the most out of it. So I sat in it and maybe I'm not... Uh, tenured or experienced or skilled enough to let go in such a hectic environment I do recognize that but that's not what I paid 400 pesos <laughs> to come to a sound healing for you know so after the sound healing I go to the actual party and it was like a benefit for the coral reefs very very nice very nice and apparently it's a bunch of artists that are there. And I go into this party room and I walk around for about 10 minutes trying to receive eye contact from someone. And here I am. I felt this a few times in my growing up life where it's like, do I? Hello? Like, does, any, <laughs> does, anybody, does anybody see me? Like, I'm not staring at people demanding their attention, but I'm presenting myself in a way of like, hey... I'm looking to We're connect. We're sharing a room. <laughs> yeah, there's a level of, you know, everybody gets to live their life however they want. But I do feel there's a level of, like, acknowledging someone's existence that was lacking. And after about 10, 15 minutes, I noticed everyone was just kind of in their own groups and... I started having that feeling that I've had in Berlin and in Tulum before of like, I'm not, I guess I'm not good enough. Like, I don't even know how to penetrate this. And I'm a 
fucking social all-star <laughs> pretty much, you know? So, you know, if that was my first sound healing event, I'd be like, wow, what a bunch of pretentious pricks. I'm never going to a sound healing again. There, there's mm-hmm. potential that that would happen. So I walked home that night and I remember thinking, not thinking, feeling so strongly that this is exactly why I started the Army of Love. It's for this moment of feeling kind of left out when knowing that I deserve more, but not really knowing how to receive that more and finding myself in these situations, testing out healing practices and parties, but then feeling like I'm not good enough to be said hello to. Mm-hmm. At the moment, yeah. it was like, fuck you guys. And now it's more like, okay, you do your thing. And I recognize that what you're doing is reaching a certain audience. And I think that if they're going to what I would describe as a poorly performed sound healing, one could argue that's more beneficial than doing a bunch of coke and getting a hotel room full of hookers, you know? And who knows? Yeah, or a number of other, yeah. That could, really, that, could, <laughs> that, could be, that could be really healing for somebody um, but you know I'm coming to just coming to this point in my life where I'm accepting that me sitting here and bitching about the poorly held sound healing and the perceived pretentiousness of this crowd isn't really doing any good let's let's let them do their thing but that's what the army of love is about. It's like, hey, you do your thing. It's all good. We're going to talk a, a little bit of shit about you. I mean, just a little bit. Um, but ultimately, I want to have these conversations. It's similar to our last episode about the parties and the people I was looking up to at 30 years old that are absolutely not the people I want to be anymore. Uh, I think it's important to have a voice out there, just even if it reaches a few people who have had a poor experience or feel that that crowd is too stuck up or this or that to say, no, 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 no. That's not the case. Um, These are, this is a beautiful practice. And if you find the right places and the right teachers with the right intentions and right is going to be different for everyone. So maybe that session was right for someone but coming yeah, from right just means like, does it work for that person? Does it, does it work for them? Does it align with them? Does it work for them? And what are you looking to get from it? So if you're looking mm-hmm. to be seen at a cool event and potentially post on Instagram that you went to a sound bath last night, which you have every right to do, um, then maybe there's some things that are right for you that aren't right for me. But if you're at home watching or listening to this and you're like, I don't like that. I want the real authentic shit. Well, that's what's right for me. And I want to spread awareness about that. And that's why we love this highlight a homie concept in which we don't go out of our way. But when there's someone we become friendly with who's bringing beautiful gifts to the world, uh, we want to highlight that. So in this context, that would be Ashley Shelton. And she really showed me what good looks like. And now that's a standard that I carry when I go around. And one last thing I want to say, and then I want to hear your relationship with Ashley, because 
in a way I sort of connected you guys and that makes me really happy. <laughs> but uh, before getting to that, one of the concepts of the mindful escape was that we would gather best practices from different practitioners. So they would say, hey, I noticed that you should lock the doors 10 minutes early and dim the lights, whatever, whatever. Uh, but the other part is that we wanted to provide authentic feedback. And this is a big one because for most of my life, I've gone home from a unfulfilling experience and called a friend who would understand and bitch about it. But, but what good is that doing, right? I think it's really valuable to provide honest feedback. And in the case where I really didn't like that session, I could have wrote to the organizers, organizers and said, hey, you know, thank you so much for putting that together. I just want you to know that from my experience, I wasn't really able to sink into the sounds from the instruments because of the party next door. And maybe next time it's something that you could consider being a little bit more careful about. And what they do with it from there, who knows? But that could open up a door for a conversation, a friendship. They could change the way they do things. They could not read my message, whatever. But it's like using that frustrating energy in a progressive way towards love and improvement rather than taking it home and just bitching about it. What, what good is that doing? Yeah. 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 Well said. And like I kind of equate that you know, constructive criticism and feedback in general is like so helpful. It's like one of the most valuable things to me in my closest friendships is the ability to receive criticism and feedback, knowing that it's coming from a place of love and desire for me to grow and, and be better and do better. And if I don't want those things for myself, like what the fuck am I doing? And, and it's kind of, I just had like a, a dog imagery come to my mind where like, you know, golden retriever is going to show you the same love, like all the time. Golden retriever is like, Oh, I love you all the time. And then, you know, different breeds of dogs are a little more discerning with their like affection and love. And then cats on the other end of the spectrum are like, you'll get it when you get it, if you're lucky. And so it depends what we want, right? Like, and so with feedback, you know, our DJ friends, for example, ask us, you know, I'm sure ask you and I, I know ask me for feedback on track sometimes. And I'm honored to have them care about my opinion enough to ask, first of all. And then I tell them most of the time, you know, I'm going to be real with you. And uh, if I like it, good and great. If not, I'm going to probably let you know. And they tend to value that so much. And it's so common that they have like, friends or even real friends that actually just kind of constantly validate them and just tell them they did a great job no matter what. And to me, I wouldn't want that. If I was them, I would want to know, like, is this really hitting or is this kind of hitting or is this not hitting at all? And uh, one of my homies here, I won't name names, but uh, a lot of the time I'm not a big fan of his his music, but I, uh, sometimes I am. And when he sends me a track, he sent me a track recently that I loved. And I was like, going apeshit when he when I got it and listened to it. And I could tell that like he knew he, and he valued that reaction so much because it's it's authentic. Like I'm not fluffing him up at all. Like I'm like, dude, this shit is fire, you know? And so I could tell that he valued that a lot. And so with all this that we're talking about, like it's I'm saying all of these things. If I say any sort of criticism, it's only out of wanting better for everybody. And 
And again, like we could judge things all day long, but if we don't do anything about them positive, then we're just, you know, complaining at the end of the day. And for me in, in producing events, you know, a lot of the time I'll go to another event and I'll see something that if I was just a consumer, I might just complain about it and be like, oh, that sucks. or that could be better. But now that I'm able to transmute that and, you know, create a different version of those things myself, like that's the positive I see in, you know, all this learning from each other type of dynamic. And so, yeah, to, to circle it back, um, you know, once we had some experience with Ashley and once I had experience with other really fucking talented and, and skilled sound healers, um, that, that term kind of gets weird for me, but like, I guess it's the best thing to call yeah. them wizards and sorceresses right. feels more appropriate <laughs> to me. Um, yeah. but uh, right. Uh, and Ashley is a motherfucking sorceress and she's so like grounded and, and just keeps it real and doesn't carry this air of I'm more spiritual than you or whatever, any of these sort of things. And it's a big part of what I love about her. And so to kind of get into the story of how Ashley and I met, um, you had connected us on Instagram and, uh, we had had a few exchanges, um, didn't really get deep in the conversation, but, uh, knew that we would meet eventually. And then I was coming to Austin to go to that uh, Anjuna Deep thing with you, right? It was that trip, I believe. Oh, man, the DMT pen. Yeah, keep going. <laughs> so many things, that trip. Um, but anyway, uh, so during that time, Ashley Shelton was going to be doing her work at a local meditation center in Austin. And uh, so I thought, perfect, you know, uh, two birds, one stone, get to meet Ashley, experience her work that have some expectations for, but I'm pretty confident they're going to be met at the time. Uh, I just had the feeling, you know, and so whatever, I'm in Austin and it's the day of her work at this place. And I go downtown to have a coffee and just like bum around for a couple hours and I'm walking around and it's now like, let's say 45 minutes to an hour before her class or her session. And lo and behold, in the middle of Austin, downtown, I run, face to face into Ashley Shelton and like I'm the type of person who appreciates the fuck out of those moments in life and we both look at each other with like wait you're and I'm like yeah you're and we knew but we hadn't actually recognized and registered our faces yet so it took a second you know and as soon as we realized we just like have this super warm embrace and her energy immediately like I could just tell like okay this chick is the real deal and we're gonna be really like vibing here and um, we have a quick chat and she's like, I have a couple things to do, but if you want, I'll catch you, I'll give you a ride to the place and uh, meet me here in 20 minutes or whatever. Um, so she gives me a ride over to the spot and we're able to talk about sound a bit on the way. And I'm at the time, especially pretty ignorant to all of this stuff. I just interested in it. And even now, like by no means an expert, I'm just very curious. Um, yeah. But she goes into some pretty heavy, like feels super knowledgeable about what she's doing type of conversation and talking about frequencies and how, you know, there's always sound around us. It's just whether or not we're tuned into it, because unless we're in the middle of the fucking Mojave Desert, even then there's wind or something, you know, so got to go to space. Yeah. <laughs> so in a city or any any like urban environment or domestic environment, there's always a lot of sound and you know, just talking about how our 
we're affected on subtle levels by those sounds. You know, if there's like a garbage truck outside, think about how that affects your psychology and your emotional state versus like an ice cream truck or versus a bird. Um, these things affect us so much. And so anyway, I'm like, okay, this chick's a real deal. Can't wait for her to do her thing. This is going to be awesome. Uh, we get to the spot. I see you. Um, you know, I connect with some of the people there. We have a little while to chat. And to be honest, I, I didn't feel like deep resonance with any of the people there. Um, I felt like kind of cool about some of them, but I felt like you and I were on a vibe that was like a little more playful and jackass and silly than the people there. And granted, I, I didn't have enough time to really get to know that, but that was the feeling that I got. Um, but still like really nice people, like super nice space. Um, it seemed like a good prime uh, situation for uh, sound healing. Uh, so Ashley sets up and, you know, we all get comfortable and, uh, there was just enough space for everybody there. I, I don't know if you remember, but it was pretty packed. Were, were you in a hammock thing? Yeah. Right. Cause it was, it was pretty, yeah, pretty I think I was. Yeah. yeah. So, so she starts her work and starts off leading us through this sort of body scan, uh, type of experience. Yoga Nidra. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, really tapping into our entire body. And it was a really nice way to settle in. And I had not experienced um, a practitioner who did that sort of thing before. So it was new to me and very nice. And uh, we start to drop into her sound and she's doing her thing with the gongs and the bowls. And I'm like starting to fall out of my body, like really feel like I'm having this sort of, uh, you know, one of these dreams where you float out of your body is kind of how I was feeling. And I had not eaten any mushrooms or eaten any acid. So there was no other good reason for this to be happening besides the sound and the relaxation that I was experiencing. And so here I am, it's probably midway through this whole thing. And I'm literally like full surrender, like fully immersed in, the, it was a good acoustic situation, small room. And I just hear a clank in the background, like a metal clanky sound of some sort. And immediately like, fall right back into my body. I'm like aware of the room now. I'm, I'm aware of where I am. Flow breaker. Yeah. I had, I had lost touch with like my present physical reality in a big way. And this totally brought me back. And so, you know, I didn't, I tried to just move on from it immediately and tap back in to the flow of the sound. And I was able to, and I still had, you know, a good experience for the rest of the way. But because of that flow breaker, like the, you know, what Ashley does is brings you on this very intentional journey through this, this soundscape. And if you are on the whole ride, you see all the scenery, you're in the whole experience. But if you get off at a train station to get a drink and then get back on, now you miss some shit. And, and so I had missed some shit. And so I got a different experience, let's call it, than I would have got if there was no clanking noise. And so whatever the thing finishes, Everybody seems to be buzzing, like great experience overall. But I was like, yo, like where, what was this sound? Like why, why was there this noise during that? And lo and behold, it came to, we came to find out that the guy that was running the space who, you know, is the leader in a way of a conscious community and like runs a conscious space, like didn't seem to have enough conscious awareness to wait to make his coffee until after the sound healing session was over. And so it was a coffee uh, pot that he like accidentally bumped on the machine. And 
I, I, you know, like I try not to judge, but I'm going to judge in this moment. Like, bro, you're running this place. You're supposed to be the, hopefully like one of the more mindful people here. And you have this woman doing sorcery in the other room, like three feet away. Like you can see her doing it and you have to have coffee right now. Like it's just stuff like that, you know? Um, and, and there's more to that whole story, but now may not be the time. Um, but anyway, so it, it, it was just surprising to me that that was the flow breaker. And then, uh, I talked with Ashley about it after, and she was like, yeah, like I heard it too, but Ashley's <laughs> just like so good at accepting. And she had just like let go of it and moved on. And like, she wasn't attached to it so much as I was, I was like pretty triggered by it. And, uh, just another beautiful thing about her is that she's able to just gracefully like not have some emotional tie to this thing. But at the same time, like if we're keeping it real, you know, you're working in this space. Don't you want your work to be reflected in the most positive light possible? You, you want your people to have the most positive experience. And of course she does. And she's like, you're right. Like, thank you for kind of bringing it more to my attention. Cause it, it is kind of a big deal and um, whatever. We didn't go too much into it after that, but it was clear that like, that was a, a thing that could have been prevented that, had an impact and a potentially deep experience that I could have been a first timer. And had I been a first timer, I might've thought this kind of what is weird, you know, even if I still liked my sound healing experience, the thought of the guy running the place doing this thing might make me think this place sucks and like not go back. There's just so many layers to this. So, so yeah, that was my first uh, Ashley experience. And then, you know, we obviously continue to connect more to this day. Like I consider her one of my best friends. She, came to an event I did here uh, last year and uh, shared her practice with uh, the people in my community, which um, I was really excited about that because there's a handful of sound healing workers in Miami and and some of them I've like experienced and had great experiences with. Some of them I've experienced and had not so great experiences. Um, overall, I would say Ashley is a cut above most people I've experienced uh, <laughs> everywhere, really. Um, and so I wanted to, you know, bring her here. And so she came, she did her work. And because of that experience I had had, I was actually more conscious myself of little things that could possibly affect the space. So like in a weird way, I'm grateful for the, this guy, you know, fucking up <laughs> during the sound session because it gave me more awareness to do a better job myself. So, um, needless to say, I still didn't do a perfect job. And that's why I was saying before, like I can empathize that to keep like your perfect ideal space can be very challenging depending on the context, but to try to make it, you know, quiet at all as if at all possible and just not have phones going off and not have, you know, anything that could really drop someone out of this deep experience that they might be having. And, um, so that's the kind of thing that you start to learn when you have these experiences is, is the as you tune deeper into listening, uh, you start to notice these other little distractionary sounds that you may not have noticed before. And it kind of starts you start to filter all these noises in your space. And really, you if you're at a studio or something, you can create a pretty quiet vacuum in a lot of uh, situations. And that's the ideal setting for a sound healing is like a box that's vacuum quiet. Um, but, but it's not always easy, but it's sometimes like, for example, a quick story and then I'll pass it back to you. Um, the party that I went to you with you in New York, um, you know, has a sound healing experience during the music experience upstairs. And 
because I've had a handful of these sort of like I had in Tulum or I had one of these, an Envision festival, like where I tried to do a sound healing, tried to drop in, couldn't really do it because there's now noise in the background. And, and like you said, maybe that's an opportunity for me to practice my like, you know, ability to drop out of that stuff and tune it out. But that's not what I'm going for. That's not what I'm paying for right now. And that's maybe not just where, not where I'm at. So, um, uh, so I'm having this, uh, sound healing opportunity at this party in New York. And I'm very much in the mindset of wanting to start my party day with some sort of wellness practice. Like there's a ton of benefit in doing yoga or some sort of nourishing practice before you party your ass off all night. So the, the idea of doing a, a little sound thing or a cacao ceremony before I party is very appealing. But if it's during the time when I can hear the party going on, like basically in the same room and the whole time my body's going to be pulling me there because my body wants to dance. <laughs> if I'm being real to myself, for me, that's like a spiritual escape for me too, just the same way uh, as a yoga class might be. So I've now realized that I don't even try to have those experiences at those party settings. And if you remember that night, we ended up just going back upstairs and, and dancing and yeah. sending it instead. And so where I'm at now is I think as an event producer, if I'm going to offer those with the music experience as well, I think it's super important to separate them. And it may not always be possible. And, and if it doesn't work for someone and they can only do it this way, it might still be you know fine to do it that way. But if at all possible, I think separating them is crucial. I agree. Uh, I've been paying attention to how we combine healing practices into the party world. And my personal preference and conclusion is that if the party's Friday, let's do the sound healing Thursday. Like, let's have it be a collaborative thing and try to attract people who are going to the party to connect in this space beforehand. But that's just my preference. I want to come back to the New York party real quick because a few things came up for me. I'm recognizing in, in this conversation that we all have our own preferences. And for me, I guess I've had such deep experiences with the gongs and such that I, I do more or less view it as an all or nothing thing. Um, I'm either going in to take a spaceship to who knows where, or I don't really want to do it. And maybe that's why I'm so harsh on this stuff. But um, in hindsight, we went down in New York. We love sound healing stuff, so we want to check it out. And from my perspective, there just was not the space to sink in. The party was right there, and then the only bathrooms for the whole venue were in the room they were doing oh, yeah. the sound healing. So you got <laughs> you got motherfuckers like me coming down, like dancing to the bathroom, like boop 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 boop, like playing. The, and then I walk in the room like like my bad right but how many people did that and how many people are waiting in line for the bathroom to do drugs and they don't even know what sound healing is so they know they should be kind of quiet but i paid money for this party fuck being quiet yeah. you know yeah so it's just like it's, it's sacred tricky. it's sacred to me so i don't want to half-ass it but on the flip side if you just wanted a 30-minute break from the party and to lay down to some sound, hey, maybe that's not the worst thing in the world. But 
Right. And if, if you're one of those people in the bathroom line that is just there for the party and doesn't know about this shit, but now you got to wait 20 minutes to take a piss and you see it and you're like, yo, this is dope. It might be a good bridge for that person. So, exactly. you know, these things are not black and white by any stretch, but it's like, what is our intention? How are we doing the things we're doing? Yeah, I guess the intention of having this discussion is just sharing our perspectives. And it's not necessarily about being right or wrong, but just right. For whoever's out there receiving it, maybe they learn from this and uh, it's feedback, indirect feedback to them in a way. Another thing I want to say is that when I leave a proper sound healing, my shit is fucking sensitive. I think going (laughs) right into a party is a, I think it's a poor, I think it's, it's almost like, and this is just my experience, but it, it feels like, wow, the sound healing brought me back to like zero, you know, where, where I want to be. Let's say 10 is super stressed and zero. And instead of sinking into that zero, I'm going to go to a loud party and go right to a six. It's just too much for me personally at this point in my life. So that's my feedback. I really, it's like, it's like having a, quick morning fuck with your partner and then you have to hurry up and rush to work right after instead of like being able to melt into your like post-sex you know bliss state you're like i gotta gotta rush to the office it's like why even bother when we can have a real time when you get home you know and so i i'm with you in the sense that i've had experiences that drive drove me to a place where i'm kind of yes or no with these experiences and and if it's offered at a place and it's convenient and i happen to be feeling it in the moment I might do it, but like for the most part, if there's dance floor nearby and I can, I know that that's happening, like that's where I'm going to be because I don't feel like I, I need to have that experience right there, but that doesn't mean it's not for other people. So again, yeah, like you said, we're just sharing our experiences and also like producers, event producers might not know how our feedback would be, or like they might not hear enough of this type of uh, talk. So I like hearing this stuff because it helps me, you know, now that I'm doing this work, try to do a better job myself. And hopefully if I can inspire one other person to do a better production, you know, with these type of practices involved, then I'm super happy to, you know, um, make that happen. But I even recently, I did another event recently with uh, this Pew Pew thing. I I don't know if I had told you Mm -hmm. about it, the April project I'm working on. We did this preview party. And um, these uh, two from New York, Noah and Elian, uh, they do amazing sound work, like really high level shit. And uh, they did their uh, Lila experience, they call it, at our uh, event a few weeks ago. And super well curated, like they are to a T with like the space and the sound being right and everything being right. And I was the stage manager at this event. I, I handled the music side of things, basically. And I told um, my first DJ, like, yo, we can't start until this is over. We have to make sure we don't like blast these speakers when these people are in their trance state. And I, so I told him and I was kind of hanging out to make sure like everything was fine. And then a homie of mine came by and was like, yo, you want to go grab tacos before the, the thing gets started? And I'm like, okay, like I told my DJ, like things are fine. I can go grab tacos. So we walked to the taco spot and like 10 minutes later, I get a text from one of my teammates. Why are the speakers on? What's happening? What is this? Like, and I'm like, what the <laughs> fuck just happened? I leave for a quick minute. And of course, all hell breaks loose. 
And I feel super accountable and, and very like, you know, I care about <laughs> holding the space for these people. So, um, so anyway, I, I try to rush back. I still eat my tacos, but <laughs> I try to rush back and, you know, see what's going on. And I, at that point, like once you start the party, you can't really turn it off. It kind of would, it, it fucks with the people who are now out there experiencing the music side. Like that really messes with their experience. If we turn the music off now after getting them going. So I, I didn't really know what to do, but I rushed back and the sound is on and it is what it is. And I'm like, whatever, I have to accept this and just deal with it later. And uh, so after they finished their thing, I went in there and they're both friends of mine. So I, you know, I went up to them and I was like, I just want to let you guys know I'm, I'm fully, I feel accountable for the sound coming on early. I'm really sorry. I hope I didn't like ruin this for you guys. Cause we had a pretty big sound system. I was thinking it was fucking them up bad. And they both looked at me like, what do you mean? Like, it was fine. Like we didn't. And so apparently like my teammate was in a different, slightly different position and she was hearing the speakers more than the rest of the room. And apparently like nobody was affected by it. So thank God my fuck up was not a real fuck up. Uh, but it was a good lesson to, you know, in that moment, I should have stayed. There's like no reason for me to leave really in that time period when I should be on top of that responsibility but I was hungry. We had no food, you know, so it was, <laughs> I wanted to eat before I really got into the thick of it. So yeah. Um, you know, all these things are, are just valuable lessons and, um, and the better we can do, the better we can share these offerings with people. And, and these things are getting popular. Sound healing is pretty popular now. Um, a lot of people are interested in it, so it's a good time to be talking about it, I think. And I like your story, how you accept responsibility you know, sure, you told the DJ, but at the end of the day, you know, you should be there. Yeah, and what it, what had happened, just quickly to end, uh, circle back on that, what had happened was the sound team was doing sound check. It wasn't the DJ that started the system. The sound team I hadn't told anything to. So they weren't privy, so they turned it on. And then, of course, the DJ is going to play at that point. So, but again, I, I should have told them or I should have stayed, you know, it's all. Yeah, and I, I like to think of it as... Uh, there was a moment in Mexico, I was riding a bike, wasn't looking the right way on the street. I got hit by a taxi at like two miles per hour. I mean, it was the <laughs> slowest crash ever, but I was dating a, a woman at the time and she was on riding it like ghetto Mexican style on the handbars. We flew off um, and we were completely fine, but I really learned the lesson from that and there, to you know be more careful especially when you're riding with someone else. But it's sort of one of those situations here where you learn the lesson, but you didn't really have to take too much suffering or injury in the process of it. Yeah, which is super lucky in those cases. And, you know, it's also an important opportunity to forgive myself for like little mistakes here and sure. there. Like, I'm, you know, mostly doing a good job at my work or whatever, but, uh, you know, little things happen and, uh, you know, we have to both hold ourselves accountable and, and then also be able to move on from it and not like shame myself continuously afterward the whole night. Like that wouldn't do anyone any good. So the fact that I felt ashamed about it was healthy because it made me feel like, okay, I need to make sure I don't make this mistake again. But I also was able to, you know, communicate about the situation and then, you know, just move on from it. So I was happy with how it all turned out, but <laughs> I definitely got lucky. 
Yeah, I I saw I saw a bunch. There was this theme going around around New Year's that rather than setting a New Year's resolution, uh, why don't you pick a word that's your north star for the year that you keep coming back to? And I gave it a shot. And I said, I'll do it for four months. Let's not, let's not do the whole year. I might want a new word. But <laughs> for the first four months, my word is grace. And it goes in line with what you're saying. You know, we can be so hard on ourselves and hold such high standards. And I do think there is a level to expansion and being real about when you can show up more fully. But if we're not graceful in that process, we may really just be doing ourselves more harm and beating ourselves up about something. So I just want to Mm -hmm. share that with the crew. I have a story to tell that's related to sound healing and it's probably going to take me 10 minutes to tell it. So before I jump into that, is there anything you wanted to wrap up in this sound healing setting space? Um, I feel like I, I said most of what was on my mind, uh, um, about this stuff for now. Um, it's just, it's just such a cool area to explore. I mean, the, the benefits like we've talked about are, are huge and, and very clear. Like a lot of it you feel, which for me, like I'm very feel-based, uh, in general as a person. And I kind of evaluate things based on how they make me feel, uh, especially if it's a physical thing. Um, you know, something like Reiki, for example, is something that I can't say yes or no about until I experience it myself. Um, things like that. Um, even scientific things with a lot of evidence, like I, I want to experience things. I want to feel them and sound baths and gong work and all this stuff has been so like powerful in my body and just how I feel afterwards. And so, I'm, I'm thrilled to be able to offer it to people here and there. Um, I've been working on an ecstatic dance project here as well that incorporates a little bit of sound healing towards the end. And that's like, like you're saying, using it before a big party, especially a party that's like high energy is, is not really a smooth energetic transition, uh, to, to cultivate. Um, it's, it's probably better as an end of party practice, but you're not going to get a bunch of people to sit down at the end of the party and do sound healing generally. Uh, so, you know, it is what it is, but, um, yeah, it's fun to talk about. So go ahead, share your story. It is fun to talk about. And Hey, you never know, you know, we say we're not going to get people to lay down at the end of a party and do sound healing, but what kind of parties are we hosting? Right, right. Yeah. Something to think about. Um, I had to stand up for this motherfucker. Hold up. <laughs> my, my cords are tangled here. I'm sure I have a little bit of range to get dynamic with it. Um, can you hear me okay? Sometimes when I hold this thing, it gets scratchy, but it should be okay. Yeah, yeah. Sound fine. Okay. So, back to Techno Tales. We have a little story to tell. This was... Mm, 2019 winter so a few months before covid came into our lives i was traveling in mexico with my girlfriend at the time and let's just call her jill for the the sake of this story and we were going to a satori show in mexico city 
and actually I wasn't even going to go but the guy who does the lights I feel terrible right now because I believe his name is Vincent I see him <laughs> I feel him his name online is like Vincent Freebird this dude is one of the nicest guys ever and he was like hey I'll get you tickets you want plus one plus two you can come to the show we'd love to have you there so I was like wow this is amazing key element here I had injured my knee pretty badly a month earlier I don't know what happened I went for a I do know what happened actually <laughs> I don't know what happened here's what happened <laughs> all right let's be real about it Jill and I knew each other but we hadn't really like spent time together so we were going to go on this Mexican trip together and a few days before the Mexico trip I was like, man, I've been kind of lazy lately. I got to get in shape, right? Because the girl's coming. And I went for a run on Town Lake in Austin with my, my good buddy, Nilu. Shout out to Nilu, Ashraf Ahmed. And we ran. He was like, you want to do the full eight-mile loop? And I was like, yeah, I need to get in shape, you know? So we did it, and I could slowly do that but at the end I don't know I got the second burst of energy and I kind of sprinted out the last half mile and right at the end my right knee was like yo I don't like this I don't like this I was like, Fuck <laughs> all right you know like I'll ice it a little bit and in a week it'll be better no it didn't get better and now that I'm in Mexico City with Miss Boo Thang I'm not resting my leg I'm walking around the city, I'm having sex when like you don't feel your injuries when you're fucking and then you end and you're like, holy shit, my knee's broken. <laughs> uh -huh. So yeah, so we go to this party <laughs> and I don't have a right leg basically. And I've never not danced at a party. And by dance, I mean fucking send it. I don't mean just a little two-step. I mean right. running in circles. You know, that's what I do. A <laughs> hundred step. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. So let me give the full, full transparency because the details are coming to me. And there's some crazy shit that I didn't even realize until now. <laughs> At one of Ashley Shelton's sound healings in Austin, a Polish woman who I had previously met in Mexico, was in town. I invited her to come. She gifted me a little bit of LSD, and I held on to it. I saved it for a special day. That special day ended up being Satori in Mexico City. So not only did that happen that night, but they, uh, this woman and her friend, I forget which one of them it was, but they sent me a meditation by Rupert Spira, this guy I'd never fucking heard of. And the name of it, you can find it on YouTube. Just search Rupert Spira, nothing can make you happy. <laughs> and the guy's just fucking dropping bombs on you. This, <laughs> that video really opened my world. And now I'm doing weekend meditations with Rupert Spira and completely transforming my human experience so that all happened at this sound healing frequency space right so i got a tab of acid jill's not really into that 
uh, I had a friend going and I asked her if she could help us get some MDMA and she said yeah my friend can hook you up whatever so it was one of those situations where I meet up with the guy and I'm like hey you know quanto cuesta you know like how, <laughs> how much how much do I owe you right and he it basically came out to like 30 bucks or something it was it was cheap it was I was confused by how Too cheap, cheap it yeah. was uh-huh. It was one of the, I don't know if it was 30 bucks, but it was too cheap. And yeah. then he handed it to me, you know, on the homie shit, being, being chill and secretive. But when he handed it to me, I, I had a fucking crater in my hand. I was like, what is this? This must be the worst shit ever if I'm getting <laughs> this much this for much. fucking 20 bucks, you know? <laughs> so I'm a little skeptical. But grateful to have anything, right? But no, I'm really skeptical, to be honest. Almost scared to try it, yeah. Yeah, so it's a huge rock, and I got to break it up, and I'm in Mexico. I don't I don't know how chill it is here. So I had a poncho on, and I was, like, breaking it up in there, doing the work. And uh, it turns out that this was some of the best fucking shit I've ever taken in my life. Holy fuck. Wow. incredible incredible stuff and i'm pretty sure what happened was that i took half a tab of acid and i didn't really feel it and i took a little bit of mdma and i was i was feeling everything like nice you know a little medium effect and then i took the other tab of acid the other oh, half shit. of the tab uh-huh prepare the sending stations i didn't know what i was getting myself into fuck so you know the the first warm-up acts are on the music's pretty cool we're feeling out the venue we're feeling our wave this is maybe the first real party that that jill and i are going to as partners right so that was an interesting experience not just to share the love in that space but also to feel out your dynamic in a relationship i mean you can learn a lot about how you flow with someone by going to a party with them i think it's a a great way to explore that if you're both into it and there's some lessons there that i'll share here but there's a lot of lessons actually so uh point is we're being social with people uh, but as Satori comes on, the volume gets louder and it's almost like everybody's like tuned in now, which was really cool. Yeah. Ready for the performance. So at some point, I, it must have been before Satori came on, but I had to go to the bathroom. The baño. And the baño <laughs> was fucking all the way over there, you know? So I can't really dance, but that doesn't mean I can't do my thing thing with my head movements you know so I had space head on and I was being animated on the way to the bathroom there was this one guy dude this tall motherfucker that he was taller than anyone there and he saw me and he just had the most appreciative smile he fell in love with me and I had no doubt about it and I was curious to meet him but I'm going to go to the bathroom first and come back. Needless to say, this is the clearest example of a registered character. Okay, so this guy registered. The whole time I'm peeing, I'm like, ooh, I can't wait to meet my new friend. You know, I really, I was excited about it. 
And sure enough, after the bathroom, I head back and I go up to this guy and I just start vibing and he speaks English. So we're chatting and it turns out that he's there alone. I say, hey, you, you hang out where you want to hang out, but I'm up here with my girlfriend and a couple friends if you want to come. So he joins us and he immediately fits into the vibe. We're all grooving. And now we get to the part about why this is related to sound healing. Satori comes on. The music's up. The acid is hitting me. The fucking discounted mountain of MDMA <laughs> is working. Wow. I feel great. It's a good combo. <laughs> yeah, it was great. I'm, I'm with I'm with home girl, like I'm in Mexico. Wow. The only thing getting in the way is my bum knee. But in fact, it opened a door for an experience I've never had before. So in not being able to dance, I was left to this. Like, fuck, man. You Go ahead. Put on a banger. Put on a fucking banger. Uh, put your headphones on and lay down on your bed and try not to tap your foot. Maybe it's just uh, me. But if, <laughs> if you don't tap your foot, it's like, oh, shit, like this is too much, you know, like. Ugh. So yeah. I was having <laughs> that experience where Satori's playing the threading like, I'm holy fuck, I'm tripping. And I'm closing my eyes and taking it in. It was terrifyingly amazing i mean i'm an enter i i like that so it's it was scary man it was literally scary for me to fully surrender to the sound and in practicing it at the satori show i recognized oh shit little did i know little did i know ashley shelton has been fucking preparing me for this moment uh. the last two years of my life or whatever you know the last six months whatever it was um <laughs> And it's really, it really showed up there. Like the same experience I've had laying down, trying to surrender to the gong, uh, I felt in this moment as Satori. And that got me thinking. And then it got me thinking, wow, I've never felt this before. And that's because I usually have my eyes open. And how vision can be a massive distraction to connection with sound. Let's just say that. The brain can only take in so much at once. So when you close your eyes, holy moly, it's a completely different experience. Mm -hmm. But if I want to move my body to the sound, which is, has always been my primary response to bangers, is sending it i mean this is what we're talking about right like so like the energy of the sound is coming into you and if i don't move it's really hard but if i move i'm fucking sending it and that's what sending it is everybody uh so on this night in mexico city i'm sendless i can't send it and what i came to realize is that usually i'm running around in circles which is a way of releasing energy right instead of soaking it all up i'm running around my eyes are open in the real intense moments i'm looking around to share a fuck yeah face and while yes that's beautiful there's also from my perception in this moment 
a level of escaping the pureness of being with the sound in sharing it with someone else. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying right or wrong. I fucking love sharing sound with people. I'm just sharing my experience from what I realized that night. Mm-hmm. So that was really yeah. cool. The sound healing helped me take in more of the music, more of the sound. And now it's like so many times in life, something happens where we're like, fuck, I wanted it this way. But then as a result, it opens a door for a new experience. So if I had a healthy leg, I would have never stood there for five minutes with my eyes closed. It's just not possible. It wouldn't have happened. (laughs) And now that I've had that experience, I still don't really do it. But there are moments where I do stand still and just take it in with eyes closed and really practice surrendering to the sound. So that, that bum knee opened a door for me. Now there's a few more things going on here. If you watched our last episode, which I highly recommend you do, which it was our first episode, um, we talk about flow breakers. And on this night, my understanding of flow breakers took a very deep evolution. And there's a couple layers to this. I think I'll just share it all transparently and, and flow with it. So basically what was happening was that there was moments where my eyes are closed and I'm in flow and I'm enjoying the music and then I feel that I want to share this moment with my girlfriend. So I turn and I look to her and she's like, (laughs) she's so gone, eyes closed, hands on her heart. She is having a moment. And I'm just thinking, how beautiful is this? Like, look at this woman. She is in it right now I love it but I wasn't about to break her flow so there wasn't an open channel for us to connect and then I talked to her about this afterwards there was multiple times where maybe she wanted to connect with me and I was in my own world right so at some point my eyes are closed and I'm just really in the music and somebody steps on my shoe. How dare they? Motherfuckers. Motherfucking flow breaker is my first thought. My, <laughs> my initial thing is, mother- oh, this night, I realized, too, that I was calling flow breakers in. By the uh, amount of energy I was giving to flow breakers, they kept coming to me. And I said, there, there, there has to be something going on here energetically where my obsession with it keeps bringing it into me. Maybe if I just let it go, it'll all subside. That's another story. What's important here, this is really deep and beautiful to me, is that this person steps on my shoe, my immediate feeling is fucking flow breaker, but in that same moment, I make eye contact with my girlfriend. And we share this just beautiful, ah, connected fierce moment that I had been looking for previously but we were both in flow at different times so we weren't able to connect so it kind of helped me realize wow flow breakers are beautiful thank you thank you flow breaker there's more to this than I knew and if we were all just in flow all the time yeah I don't know I don't know I mean 
Yeah, I don't think capitalist society could operate uh, without any flow breakers. I mean, just the concept of a schedule in itself and like a calendar, these things are kind of flow breakers that are built into our culture, right? Seriously. And this idea to me and what I'm getting deeper into now with this, we're all one awareness and sort of different nodes tapping into that. It's like the reflection is really what's beautiful to me in the human experience. I mean, I have a feeling that when I die, that I'm going to be like water and there's going to be no suffering, but there's going to be no bangers either and no croissants and no fucking broken ankles. Like this shit sucks. No dipping, zero dipping. (laughs) No dipping. You are the dip. You are the dip. Oh, great. You know, thanks. Go dip yourself, right? (laughs) Yeah, and that's why I think heaven is a ride through this universe in a human body. And what comes with that is the pain and the suffering and these flow breakers that maybe allow us to connect with another. Uh, So really, that's the story. Also, another thing to note, I forget the man's name, the tall Mexican dude, the original registered character, but at the end of the night, we were saying our goodbyes, and he, he was so fucking grateful. He was like, guys, I came here alone. I didn't know anybody. You know, I was enjoying the music, but I felt just not really in myself. And yeah. you guys adopting me just made my whole night. And we're like, wow. dude, you made our whole night, you know? Like, we <laughs> love you so much. This is such a great experience. Um, but yeah, it goes to show... Uh, the impact you can have just by being fucking nice to somebody, you know? And if I want to use this opportunity to express what I would wish the army of love to be, and that's that we show up as 10 people to a party. The whole idea is like you bring a party to the party. And if you got 10 people, you can have your own fucking dance floor. It doesn't even matter who's here. But it's very rare that I've gone to a party and seen like a clique, like a crew that was really inclusive. They're usually doing their own thing and that's completely fine. But if you've ever gone to a party alone, which I love, if you've ever gone to a party alone, there may have been some moments where you're like, fuck, like, I don't know. Little lonely, little anxious. And if you've (laughs) ever been adopted by a motherfucker, oh oh my God. God, I forced my adoption on, on your crew. <laughs> you did, yeah. Yeah, motherfucker said, yo, you adopted me. <laughs> Nobody was denying it. I, you know, we were reading. We read the situation yeah, yeah, you read the quite room. well. <laughs> read the jungle. But um, <laughs> the point is, without putting any pressure on anyone, from my perspective, when I talk about the army of love and how we'll show up to a party, it's very much like we're adopting Uh, Not forcing anyone, but open door for adoption. So anyone out there that's alone or wants to upgrade the vibes of their crew, (laughs) come on in and bring your friends too, right? So it's just really impactful. And I've I've been on both sides of it. I've been adopted, and I know how warm and heartfelt Uh, that that can be and Mm -hmm. I'll never force it but to open that door and to be able to offer that same experience to someone else I personally get so much out of that 
So that's kind of one of the main aspects of where I would love this project to go. And like our last episode, sure, we do that at the party, but do it at the cafe, you know, do it at the park when you're walking your dog. Like that's the spirit, the way we act at these parties and meet each other with kindness and acceptance. Uh, it's very easy at the parties and we can use this uh, privileged experiences that we have of feeling love in such a bizarre container and, and bring it back to the streets. So that's mm. my Mexico City Techno Tales story. Um, oof. A good one. <laughs> and it's yeah, I, not, I, one quick... Go ahead. Oh, I was going to say a quick disclaimer on that last like idea, which I totally agree with that concept that like, you know, all this stuff basically applies to life just as much as it does any party. Um, but there, it is a lot like more complicated in terms of bringing that sort of openness into public domains and, and undefined environments. And like one of the great things about the party environment is that it does kind of filter the group to be like, you know, you have some common ground with people and like people aren't there to like hurt you or, you know, but like walking on the streets in public, it's, we have some survival mechanisms and shit that kick in and like, we're not, I, I mean, I would love to, for everyone to be like open and just say hello to everyone, but it's like, it's a long place to get to. And, and, and like, I mean, I, I definitely struggle with it in Miami with what you were talking about at the beginning of this, uh, sometimes is like, I'm walking around the park and smiling at people, trying to pet their dogs or like just acknowledge my fellow neighbors, whatever. And, a lot of them are not open to it. Most are not open. And most people kind of just like walk in this narrow box and young to old, like it's across the spectrum. And, you know, COVID has something to do with that, but Miami is also like by far the least COVID sensitive place on earth, I think. And, and also this was before COVID too. Like it's, it's, it's in the culture somehow here. And maybe all of America is like that now. Like, I don't live in New York or LA. I don't know what it's like in these other big cities, but, um, and also the, uh, the cultural diversity of Miami probably creates, uh, some more tribalism elements where like people like naturally gravitate just to their, you know, their tribe or whatever, or their culture. Yeah, it's a, a mixed salad rather than a melting pot. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Um, but yeah, like absolutely just getting to this place where we can, you know, acknowledge each other, be nice to each other, just baseline stuff. And it doesn't require a lot. And then, you know, it's not always going to work out, but it's, it generally will get us better places in life too. It'll get us, you know, gets me more where I want to be just to be more open and, and nice to people. I'm glad you brought that up and it opens the door for me to share another realization that I've had over the last four years. Uh, I want to be clear, I'm not at all uh, directly addressing you or how you live your life, but just this may resonate with someone out there. Mm -hmm. So I was traveling in Europe and I started doing like a smile experiment. I was in good vibes and I was really sharing smiles on the street and noticing how different cultures responded in different ways. So, for example, when I was in Portugal, my fucking success rate was like 82%. Uh -huh. I went to London. Uh -huh. I was z literally 0%. Like <laughs> I, I caught one guy who, for one minute in the middle of doing something, I, I got in there and he 
couldn't help but smile, but everyone else was so in their fucking head. They wouldn't even, they wouldn't even meet me there. Uh, but uh-huh. what I realized during this was that I'd walk down the street in Lisbon and I'd smile at some old man and he'd smile back and I'd be like, oh, it's so nice to share love. You know, I'm such a love ball. And then two minutes later, I'd smile at some guy and he'd ignore me. And my internal dialogue would be, what the fuck is wrong with Pedro over there? (laughs) You know, and I was sort of getting upset that people wouldn't meet me in the loving space of a smile. And there's some layers to this. Okay, so what I realized over time was that more or less, and I think many of us do this in many ways, without consciously knowing it, I was showing the universe how I want to be loved and I want to be smiled at. So a lot of people like they give others what they want to receive Uh and that started to hit me really clear. But the big, the big, the big banger here is that love asks for nothing in return. And the smiles that I was sharing in London and Portugal four years ago, at the time, yeah, I thought that was love and I thought I was sharing love and raising the vibration. But if someone didn't meet me there, all of a sudden it was what's wrong with them. Over time, I came to realize maybe that guy just broke up with his girlfriend. Maybe Mm -hmm. a billion things are going on. And even if they're not, he doesn't have to meet you and give you a smile. Now, Mm -hmm. what is the intention of your smile? And I didn't know, but back then, it's like what we talked about last episode, they're like, I love you, please tell me you love me back, Mm -hmm. versus really embodying it and just smiling at a fucking wall. You know, like just just smiling. So now when I walk around the streets in Mexico, I never force it, but damn, there's some times where I got a track on and I'm just feeling it and I'm like, I'm sharing this love, man. It uh-huh. doesn't matter who picks it up. And look, still to this day, I get high when I connect with someone and we make eye contact and share a smile, for sure. But when someone doesn't, it doesn't deflate me. I have no negative energy towards them. I'm at a point now where I can recognize in that moment, we're just not aligned and that's completely okay. So... For anyone out there that may live in a big city or my London example, and you feel like you got all this love to share, but there's not really anyone that's got the receptors on. uh, My my call to the love tribe is to keep smiling. Uh, If it's real, right? Like if it's it's real. I invite you to explore the depths of your intention in that smile. And if you're at a pure place where it is sharing without the need for something in return, please, by all means, keep shining that shit because the Mm -hmm. world needs it. And that's just my Mm -hmm. perspective. And I want to share that. But to your point, it, it is easier. You know, that's what I like about the parties. It's a, it's an easier space to feel that. Because like we talked about last time, yeah, like we get the practice and most people are showing up with the understanding of, hey, we're not going to judge each other here, this and that. But for me, this is just my perspective, in my 
progress of self-acceptance and acceptance in general. Yes, I needed soft community environments where they were seeing me and giving me the space to fully be me. I didn't know how to do that on my own. And I would, I would say pretty much nobody does. If they tell mm-hmm. you they do, they probably don't know what they're talking about. <laughs> yeah. It's just, it's just my perspective. But um, mm-hmm. I'm always open to be wrong, so please. But uh, I needed a little bit of the hand-holding and the softness. But then it got me to a point where I said, hey, I still love all that softness and kindness and loveness, but I don't need that to be firm in who I am. And that's where my smile comes from. So, mm-hmm. you know, just want to share oh, that yeah. perspective. And before we sign off, I would like for you to just tell us a little bit about Ashley Shelton's book. Um, I didn't, I've been out of touch with everybody, so I didn't know about this until you mentioned it. And I did my classic thing. I always do this. I, I hit her up. I was like, you got a book coming? Like, do they ship that to Mexico? She's like, yeah, I'll send you a copy. Whooshing. Shazam, baby. It happened the other day. With This happens all the time, but it happened with the producer. I was like, yo, was listening to the snippets of that new track. That shit's kind of fire. And I don't ask them to send it to me, but half the time they're like, oh, here you go, just for you. Uh Uh-huh. Thank you. But you know what I'm going to do with that shit. I'm going to promote the fuck out of it. So on that note, <laughs> right. let's highlight our homie, Ashley, and tell us a little bit about the book. Yeah, so I, I can't give like a full, full deep description because I, I haven't even read through it all yet. I just got my copy yesterday. Apparently, it got stuck in the package room for, I think, like two weeks. I don't know when she sent it to me, but just received it and I uh, haven't gone through it completely yet. But it's called Ketamine Dream. And it's written in sort of a like abstract poetic format. It's really um, uh, visually pleasing. Like there's different formatting on different pages and the way she kind of composed things. And it's just really nice to look at. And it's just, she's so good with poetry. Um, Her Instagram, she does a lot of poetry with. Um, And it's just, it just feels like such a beautiful expression of her just free self and it's inspired by uh ketamine experience that she had and um it's just for me i you know i'm a big fan of ketamine in general i i think there's a lot of power and healing to have in it i also have been a degenerate with it so full disclosure uh but you know it, it is at the end of the day a beautiful thing and you can have pretty profound uh dreamlike experiences with it and so um you know, I, I, I will let her talk about it more, um, you know, if she wants to come on here with us or with you, I'm sure that's something we can do. Um, but, you know, uh, I would definitely advise people to check it out. I'm, I don't know how much she's selling it for, but I'm sure it's cheap and it's just a beautiful little book. And Ashley's a beautiful little lady and uh, very grateful to have her in our lives, in my life. And like to have been able to bring her down here was so cool. And, uh, yeah, so that's, that's that. And, um, also I wanted to, uh, kind of circle back on a couple of things you said before. Um, there's a lot there. Uh, and one big thing, you know, I've experienced different moments with how I feel about smiling. And a lot of times when I'm at a music experience, or even when I'm listening to music in my headphones, when I'm running through the park, having music in the background tends to 
induce me to a much more genuine smile, uh, like a lot more of the time than not. If, uh, you know, and, and that kind of speaks to the power of sound healing right there. Like that's what that is. It's like healing my state. The sound of the music is healing and uplifting my state to a higher vibration. And, and if I'm able to like run through the park with a smile on my face, I would say that like I'm taking a pretty good drug right there and I don't think there's any side effects and it's, it's really beautiful. And I, I remember specifically back to this, uh, this jungle party in Tulum that I went to that uh, I was there with Elena, our friends, um, you know, very dear friend of ours. And it was a really beautiful, like super intentionally curated event with like 150 people super well done top to bottom. Like I was in awe of how they put this together. And at one point I was just kind of staring there with a stupid smile on my face. It's like, Oh, life is so good. This is so amazing. And a girl came up to me and just said, keep smiling. Like your light, your light, like just, I don't remember her exact wording, but she basically said, keep on shining. And it hit me so deep. And it was like, she saw my genuine state of awe and and happiness that I was in she could tell I was really embodying that like uh and she felt it and felt naturally compelled to share something you know with me about her mm. receiving it even though it wasn't directed at her at all like I, she was just right. walking in the direction um which is interesting cuz like we were talking before about like that direct back and forth but like if we're shining fully and authentically then we don't even have to target anything because like everything around us, everybody's getting in that pie. So that's kind of a cool thought that I I just kind of realized in that. So, so yeah, dope. (laughs) How valuable was that woman's feedback to your confidence in your true self in that moment? Oh, it was, it was, yeah, it was huge, huge. It was like, you know, we, we pass around compliments, you know, like it's a common social thing to do. We say nice things to each other, hopefully if you're around decent people and they have varying levels of impact. Um, you know, something like a quick happy birthday when you've heard it 40 times on your birthday, like that's going to have a lot, a lot less of an emotional, like deep impact for me, for sure. than a stranger coming up to me, knowing nothing about me really, other than I'm happy and, and just acknowledging that happiness and, and seeing me in that happiness and like sharing that moment with me, like, <laughs> it's like, and, and I'll take both of them. I'll take the 30th happy birthday too, if I can get it, you know, but, but it like those, you know, just knowing what the power that we have in those moments, like that girl taught me my power and what I can affect someone with if I'm feeling inspired to share with them, you know, and, and reciprocate that energy. I believe the world is a lovely place when people are able to feel good about themselves. I've been in a situation similar to which you just described where I'm smiling and somebody said, hey, you know, you're you're really raising the energy in the room here. Like, no pressure, but keep smiling. We love it. And that I remember the first few times receiving that feedback. It was it was way deeper than ego. This was like, wow, I'm finally being seen for for who I really am. And that's a big fucking part of this project, which is just more me expressing the lifestyle that I subscribe to than anything else. And that's that recognizing the impact that an authentic compliment had on me. And that I 
can give that powerful, forceful appreciation to other human beings, this is my purpose, you know? And I'm not out there. The big thing for me is I'm not looking to do it. It's just when I feel it, Mm -hmm. don't force it, but if you feel it, send it. And Uh that's it. You know, we all, we're all reading books and listening to podcasts and taking drugs to try to find more acceptance in ourselves when really we're standing next to people that we really appreciate, but maybe from fear of rejection, I don't know why people aren't sharing their appreciation for one another, but boy, I really want to open the door for more people to explore that. And again, it comes down to intention. And if you're getting high on making other people feel good and that's making you feel good, I've been there and it's cool, but it's not the real deal, holy field. You gotta be just fucking pure from my perspective. And don't force it. You won't even have to look for it. There will be moments where it shows up and it's just, hey, instead of holding on to this thought, why don't I express this person that his dance moves changed my life in that moment? Absolutely mm-hmm. it did. So mm-hmm. that's what I do now. And to let you guys know, whoever's listening, this has brought me ah, so close to so many people because I'm just straight up saying, hey, I see you and I like it. Right. Thank you for being you. <laughs> <laughs> and like what's what what's there to lose right like it's pure upside there's no no bad's gonna come of it like you're either they're gonna receive it or they're not gonna care or whatever like it just doesn't matter and and it just when it hits it hits <laughs> and you know when it's love when it's truly love it asks for nothing in return so if they receive it very well then that's all sprinkles on top right that's beautiful but if that woman is in her own headspace and isn't ready to receive my compliment, that's okay too. I'm still going to mm-hmm. let it ride. Yeah. And for me, like if I don't express what I'm feeling in that moment and then later I might end up feeling some sort of like regret or shame that I didn't, you know, speak my truth that may have may or may not have had an impact on this person. But if it could have and I didn't say it, then like that's what, I, what am I doing, you know? Um, so better to just share these feelings and, and I'm, I'm just trying to step more into that place anyway for myself to, to share how I feel with people. And when it's coming from a place that feels really true. Well, now I have to tell this story here. Here we go. <laughs> We're never going to get out of here, but this is good shit. So well, I have to wrap it up after this one. I'm getting hungry. <laughs> yeah. I had one of the most beautiful moments of my life in December and Uh, my dad needed heart surgery out of nowhere. He didn't have a heart attack, but he had some heart pains, got it checked out. They said, you need surgery next week or you're going to have a heart attack. So I had a phone call with my dad in this very room in Mexico. And that phone call was a little bit of, I don't know if we're ever going to see each other again. Like we were discussing that. And I think I made a video on Instagram if you want the details about it. But what I wanted to share now is that midway through this call, beautiful call. Wow. I mean, we're okay with death, both of us. And, you know, that doesn't happen if we didn't experience my mother dying and going through all that. But after my mother died, I had strong regrets because... There was a lot of moments that I didn't spend presently with her. 
And after she died, I kind of wish that I could have had those times back, could have went back and gave that compliment, like you're saying, right? So in the middle of this call with my dad, I had a moment and I said, hey, dad, I'm thinking of something to tell you or to express to you that I've never shared or that I've held back. And I got nothing because we've been fucking real with each other for the last three years and I've told you everything. I haven't left anything on the field. I haven't had any regrets about not expressing how I feel about you. And wow, we both cried and just said, how fucking cool is that? Like, how cool is that? And thank you to Nikki Kurak, my mother, his first wife, who just set such a great example on her way out for us to be able to to grieve in a in the smoothest way possible you know it's it's never going to be smooth and all of the lessons and the the way i changed the way i relate to people after my mom died uh this call with my dad was sort of a moment to see the results of that And I share that now because I had a lot of regrets about my relationship with my mom for a long time, and I learned to forgive myself. I was young at the time. It was who I was. Uh, But as a result, now I really just, I don't want to leave anything behind. And, you know, everybody has their own life, but I want to share with you that that was really one of the greatest moments of my life. And after that, it was like, look, I don't want to be too crazy here. Like, I don't want you to die, Dad. Absolutely not. But if that's what the universe has in store, who am I to, to object? And we were able to meet in that space, so that was fucking super trippy shit. Thank you, brother. Really beautiful. I'm going to conclude this session with a quote from Ashley's new book that Perfect. I took a screenshot of last night. And, oh man, it's so good. Okay, so this is from Ashley Shelton's Ketamine Dream. We'll tag her, but just so you know, her Instagram Instagram handle is Ashley Poetry. How did she get that? Okay, here we go. All these words don't have the meaning. They just separate us. The words separate us. Sounds bring us together. The mms and the moans. Mm, 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 mm. Say less, sister. Say less. Oh, I'm feeling that. That's good shit. That is really good that shit. Yeah. yeah. And there's that's I feel like moaning when I'm done with one of her uh sound sessions for sure. Certainly have <laughs> many times. Well, brother. Thank you for another great show. And uh, just to communicate to whoever's out there, uh, I will be having other guests as well. I'm kind of figuring out my workflow and how much I can take on, but I feel so great in this space. And I really do think this is where I I want to be doing more podcasts. Uh, Fish, for example, tomorrow I'm having a chat with Soraya about social media presence and sex and relationships and all these things yeah so the idea for me uh, i have another friend in germany max who's gone through a similar weed and porn addiction that i have and uh, we're gonna have him on as well so i'm gonna i want to feature different perspectives from all these different people 
But within that vision, uh, Pescado Frito is going to be a reoccurring character, and him and I are committed to bringing you at least one serving of grilled fish. <laughs> Excuse me, fried fish uh, per month. So Pescado on a monthly basis, and then I'll be sprinkling other characters as they present themselves. Yeah, sounds exciting. I'm I'm looking forward to hearing the ones I'm not a uh, part of. And uh, for the weed and porn conversation, I certainly have plenty uh, to relate to there. So, um, you know, maybe that'll be a three way. <laughs> yeah, it's an important conversation that uh, I have with many men on intimate levels, but I don't really hear it talked about on the streets or just in public. Really so we're yeah. here to crack that shit open because it's a big part of what many of us are experiencing. And I see it damaging relationships left and right. So let's, let's shine some light on it and approach it from a place of love and curiosity rather than a shameful beating ourselves up, right? Yeah, hell yeah. Cheers to that. All right, brother. All right. Peace and love, my dude. Sending you all the love. I'll see you when I see you. Bye, everybody. Ciao.